Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio, told like it is. I'm Frank Crivello, he's Richard Garman. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, how are we doing on this Tuesday night, huh? Uh, we're doing better than we were doing last Tuesday night. Uh, this is very true. <laughs> this is very true. Especially if you're it's a... Funny how seven days can change. Especially if you're a Milan supporter. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, not doing, not, not, not doing too shabby. Um... Uh, just uh, finished uh, the dubstep countdown. Made my ears bleed, Uncle Sharma. Well, I'm sorry about that. You know, you get to do whatever you want for your shows. So, um, <laughs> I, uh, we uh, uncle, celebrated uncle. Anthony's birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday to my son. He oh, turns uh, nine, although his birthday is on leap day. So, really, he didn't have a birthday this year. So, he really should just be like two and a quarter. So, uh, that's why Juventus won today, huh? Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, Anthony birthday narrative today. So, uh, just, uh, just in celebration. So that's at least what it was. They didn't win from over the weekend. Uh, (laughs) so better opponent. uh, Yep. Yep. A little bit, a little bit better. So, uh, uh, Julia Patate, good to see you. Uh, if you're in the chat, uh, or if you're, if you're watching us live on our YouTube channel or watching us live on Facebook, watching us live on Twitter, uh, Check in with us. Check in on the chat. Drop a like if you're on our YouTube channel uh, and subscribe so that you can be uh, notified of future podcasts and any other videos that we drop. So, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, we got we are packed tonight. Uh, we have match week 24 to go over, which we will do uh, shortly. Uh, at around nine o'clock Eastern, we'll be graced by the presence of Critty Smith. Uh, who will be earning his uh, fourth cap with us on Syria sit down? Is mm. it his fourth? I think so. It's up there. Yeah, I lose count with him. Yeah, he's up there. It's been a while since we had him on. Um, I, you know what we've actually done is we put him in exile because the last time he came on, we were trying to do our introductory spiel, and he just came on and started talking and interrupted us <laughs> like he ran That's the right. place. So. He needs a timeout. Yeah, time so out. we so he's out of his timeout. And we're uh, we're bringing him back for this episode. Tyler Sharma, ciao. Good to have you on. Absolutely. Um, so uh we've got uh so we've got that we've got so we'll do some uh inter q a uh to, on wednesday there is a draft kings uh contest for city they are having contests uh for the slate of all six games at the 245 east kickoff um and uh you know, 10 for ten dollars you could win a thousand bucks uh not bad. Not bad. Not, I like that odds. Not bad at all. So we will build a team here. Uh, and, uh, of course, subject to change based on when the actual starting lineups come out. Uh, and uh, I'll uh, drop some input on some of the plays that I like uh, tomorrow, uh, just looking at the slate as it is. And then, uh, obviously, we'll finish it off with the world's most famous hashtag game, who won Calcio Twitter. So You know, it's funny. Uh, looking here in the chat, we got Uncle Sharma and we got Tyler Sharma. I don't know if they're related, but uh, that's uh, a record. I think most Sharmas we had on one podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is at zero, so why not? <laughs> that's right. There you go. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, so we easily have that one smoked. Um, but uh, you know, good to have you all in again, and uh, you know, hit us up with any questions as we go. Uh, let's start with uh, just kind of touch on today. Lazio has been awarded a three nil forfeit win over Torino. Um, they were supposed to play today. COVID 
Torino's not going. Uh, and here we go again. I, I expect Torino to appeal this. I expect this to get rescheduled. Um, why don't they just, you know, w- w- what statement is Serie A really trying to make? What are they accomplishing at this point? We are the kings of dumb fuckery. That's what it is. That's what they're trying to say. <laughs> you just wanted to bring back the I word did. dumb fuckery, did. didn't It's you? been a while. It's been a while. I had to yeah. bring it out from the closet, you know? Yeah. So, or what is it? Or Steve, Steve's not in the chat yet, but his, what was his? His was Dick Fuckall. Dick um, Fuckall, yeah. He said yeah. that on, uh, what did he say? He said that on uh, the, the his his podcast, Milan Weekly yeah. Podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Legacy. Yeah, they're, they're just tripping. They're getting in their own way with one thing after another. It's, you know, if it's not one, one thing like this thing, or if it's, it's something like racism, it's whatever it is, they keep getting in their own way with things. You think, you know, after what happened with the with Napoli Juventus that they would have learned their lesson and to, okay, maybe we should re- rethink about this. Re- you know, maybe we should reevaluate everything and maybe we should post- start postponing these games. I mean, uh, wasn't wasn't Torino Sassuolo postponed um, this, past, this weekend? So, I mean, I don't know. We know it's going to get, we know it's going to go to all the courts. Even FIGC came out and they said that this is stupid to have this game. Why, why are you even playing this game? Postpone it. It makes no sense. Uh, they're, you know, Torino is yeah. being held up by their own local authorities, just like what happened in Napoli. So, I, you know, you know, as we did in the Napoli Juventus situation, you know, we said, why didn't Juventus really, you know, step up? They didn't have to, but they, why didn't they step up and say, um, hey, we'll postpone the game. We agree you shouldn't come over here. You know, you say the same thing about, you know, Lazio. Uh, but, you know, again, to the other side's foot, you know, they didn't really have to do that, right? That's that's yep. not on there. It's, they're just, you know, playing neutral on this. So I think I think Lega Serie A needs to figure this out. Um, you know it's going to get appealed by Torino, and you know it's probably going to be rescheduled again. So uh, they're just playing this long dance, and they're, they could have eliminated so many obstacles just by rescheduling this game and yeah. play it on. Because what they're going to do now is going to have to cram at the end of the season as opposed to finding a way to figure out uh, to smooth it in later. So I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a mess. There's just uh, no way of dancing around that. So, um, yeah, we had that game, uh, Torino and Sassuolo, we had that game postponed. So uh, that was supposed to take place on Friday. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what happens. Surprise, you guys aren't watching San Remo. It might be on the TV back here. There's no Zlatan on, so that's why we're not watching right now. So <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Somebody was oh, making a, a singing, big deal. It's a singing, uh, Italian singing festival that they have every year. Okay. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I I knew nothing about it, and somebody was making a big deal out of it, and that Zlatan was going to it. And it's just like, all right, fine. It's, if he doesn't have a game or if he doesn't have anything to prepare for, why don't let him go? <laughs> Sharma is a very common uh, Indian surname. Well, this is still a record for our podcast, so we'll take anything we can get. Yep. We don't yeah. get the many Johnsons, so you know we'll take we'll take in any language, any any country. So yeah, that's strange that we had we've got more, we've had more Sharmas in the chats than we've had than we've had Johnsons or Smith. or Smith. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. true. Combined, yeah, so yeah, so it's pretty we're international yeah. podcast. We're not American. Pretty podcast. significant, yeah, pretty significant, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I just just it'll go through the process. It'll get yeah. You know, it'll get overturned, and and I just don't understand why they 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 feel like they need to throw their weight around on this. It's just, you know, it's unnecessary. It's what it is, and they they it just shows that they cannot learn from their own mistakes. Yeah. This is not the first you know thing that's happened, and uh, when are they going to learn? You know, they need to get some new blood in there. We've been saying this for years about they need to get some new blood in there so they can start you know doing things the right way, and it's just it's not happening yet. For sure, it is for sure. 
So we'll have to see what happened there. Juventus beat Spezia. They were given a little trouble in the first half. Uh, credit to Pirlo for changing the shape um, yep. and making a couple of key substitutions that got uh, uh, that that sparked Juve onto a three 0 win over Spezia. Uh, Marata, um, Chiesa, and Ronaldo with the goals there. Uh, so uh, three points, uh, necessary three points for them. But the Spezia team, they 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 brought it to them. They had they 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 played yeah. a decent game. So it took I, about what sixty nine minutes before Juve scored their first goal. So they, you know, they made it difficult like they do for everybody as of late. And but once Juve cracked that, cranked that, cracked that dam, they uh they kind of get the floodgates open and they got those goals. So yeah, yeah, I'll tell you the guy that uh, I'm impressed. I, I I rate Ricardo Makitsa. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Bernadeschi. I thought no. you were gonna say Bernadeschi. <laughs> looking at this, uh, looking at this uh, 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 Spezia team. I mean, yeah, yeah. How many miles did he cover? At least ten. I mean, just bombed up and down all day. I mean, he could have scored in the first half. This this left back that was playing for Spezia today, um, you know, doing the dirty work, getting back and helping defend, and then bombing forward, getting some crosses, taking, you know, just uh, you know, kind of was a was a bit of a multi tool. So let's uh, let's keep an eye out for Mister Marquitza from uh, uh, Spezia here in the coming weeks because I yeah. think if he can put string together, he's you know we're always we always seem to have this ability to find somebody before everybody else does. And you know we're talking about Razvan Marin of of Cali. We're talking about Marquitza of, of Spezia. You know we have to dig into some of these teams um, and not just sit around and and just gush over the team the players in the top six. So. Um, well, yeah, David, David question. Bernadeschi now two assists. Every Juve fan is praising him. Reminds me when we wanted to crucify Hakan in the past. We're crucifying him now. I'm just yeah, saying. we're crucifying him now. <laughs> so you're talking about the past. So, you know, so that one went yeah, on just kind point. of a jump start on um, match week 25. Let's uh, go into match week 24. And uh, we were supposed to start with. Uh, uh, Torino and Sassuolo again that got postponed. Uh, so it opened up with Saturday morning Spezia against Parma. Uh, there's the I Richard, I hung out at uh in Milwaukee, it's a place called Highbury Pub, okay. and uh, you know, it's like in the Premier League games and you had fan bases and you know, and that sort of thing, you know, and there'd be the Arsenal fan base, the Man United fan base, or whatever. Okay, so when your team <laughs> your team is playing uh and uh you have a 2-0 lead uh and you give up said 2-0 lead the rest of the bar lets you hear about it yeah. it's like 2-0 and you fucked it up well parma has fucked up a 2-0 pardon my language i'm on i'm on a roll here but parma has done it again 2-0 up and they give it away. Uh, uh, great goal by Jan Caramo in the 17th minute. It's a yep. goal of the week candidate. Yep. Uh, followed by Hernani in the 25th. Um, and then uh, Spezia nearly pulled one back uh, before halftime, but that got called back. Uh, it was would have been Giulio Maggiore again. Um, but uh, we go 2-0 up for Parma at halftime, and then it was Maggiore who would be on the assisting end of Emmanuel Jassi's first goal in the 52nd minute. Uh, and then Jassy would level in the 72nd through Daniele Verde uh, to make it a 2-2 draw, an important point, point for uh, Spezia as they try to scrape together everything they can to survive this season under uh, their manager, Italiano. Uh, Parma, uh, once again, I mean, there's – I tell you what, they've had three 2-0 leads this season. They've dropped points in every one of them, and if they don't drop those points, they're sitting in 17th. Uh, that's the fine yeah. line right now with them. 
Yeah, so. it's it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's head scratching or hair pulling, you know, antics that you want to give every time they give up those goals. I mean, they look so smooth and so good in the first, you know, in the, when those first before those first two goals happened. Once those two goals came, they kind of like let the let their foot off the gas and uh, let Spezia or Spezia <laughs> uh, let the the opposition in and uh, back in. And so, yeah, it's it's they 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 keep doing it over and over again. They can't learn from their own mistakes. And uh, you you thought you know Diverso would have learned from you know after last week's game. Uh, a way to sure that up, but no, they you know let up let the foot up the gas again, like I said, and uh, they just did not look like the same team after that second goal went in, and you know that's they need to find a way to keep attacking. They're they're very much in the mold of like you know Atalanta a few years ago where they they can't stop anybody, so just might as well keep attacking, and hopefully they can just keep enough pressure on the defensive end of the opponent, and then that way it'll reduce any kind of goals that go your back your way. So I don't know, Parma they're, have they're a mess. They're in the mold. I mean, Spe- and Spezia. You know, I mean, Juve learned today. Spezia is capable of playing some pretty good football. Milan learned that yeah. the hard way. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so, uh, you know, it's uh, the, 2-0 is the most dangerous score in the game. Uh, Two-goal lead is the most it dangerous is. lead to have in the game. And, uh, you Especially know, Parma's, for Parma. <laughs> yeah, Parma's finding out the hard way. Uh, surprise of the weekend, Bologna 2, Lazio 0. Um, we thought that uh, Lazio would get on the board early like they typically do. Uh, they were given a penalty. It would You think it's academic with Chiri Immobile, but Skorupski saves it. Um, and uh, just two minutes later, Ibrahima Mbaye, who is starting for the suspended Aaron Hickey, uh, scoring in the 19th minute to put them ahead. Um we get to uh, halftime at that score by a goal to nil. And then in the 64th minute goal of the week, candidate, a nice side volley from Nicolas Ansoni, yeah. uh, putting putting uh, Mihailovic's men up 2 nil. Seven saves for Lukas Skorupski here, uh, a game that Lazio, uh, you know, controlled on the stat board but lost on the scoreboard. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll talk about Lazio uh, a little bit more here shortly. Oddly, and as – crazy as this is and as some of the dips and drops and i know that they've they've gone on a nice winning run but now this is two out of their last three that they've lost they're still in it for a champions league place um hellas verona and juventus that was one one uh cristiano ronaldo in the 49th minute from federico chiesa what a combination these two guys have become yeah um and then uh, antonin barak in the 77th uh, a headed goal after a beautiful cross in from darko lazovic um Juve having more of the possession. They were pretty much equal on shots. So it was Hellas Verona being very efficient uh, going forward when they had their opportunities. Uh, and then the last of my batch since uh, my Friday game got canceled, Sampdoria and Atalanta, 2-0 to Atalanta. Um, they're starting to get it back together as they now sit in fourth. Uh, outshoot Sampdoria 20-8, to Richard. They get eight shots on target, if not for Audero. Uh, Atalanta yeah. would have won this by a hell of a lot more goals from Ruslan Malinovsky, which is another goal of the week candidate. And then Robin Gosens from, uh, Joachim Mela. And we keep talking about this Mela kid. Wow. Uh, I'll tell yeah. you what, yeah. uh, this guy is, uh, just, uh, pl- he's, he's your typical Atalanta plug and play guy. So, uh, two nil for Ladea. Uh, a big, big win for them. Richard, uh, your thoughts on all of those games? Yeah, uh, well, we, we, we touched on a little bit about the Spezia-Parma matchup. Uh, Bologna, you know, finally showing up uh, in, a, in a game, too, that yeah. they probably needed against Lazio. Uh, Lazio really uh, were looking to really have a solid performance and really, you know, make their way up the, up the table as best they can. But Bologna, they brought it. You know, former Interplayer Mbaye uh, with the goal there, the first goal there, and then Sansoni, another, you know, a wonderful goal there, assisted by Musabaro. 
Uh, they they showed up. They played very well in this yep. game, I thought. And I think uh, it's very very common with Mihalovic's teams uh, in a big game that the teams do play better. It just it's a it's a shame they don't play more consistently because I think we all agree that the quality that this team has. They should be, you know, somewhere mid table, if not challenge for a European spot. And and unfortunately, they struggle so much with inconsistency. So, but it's a great, great to see them get a win on Lazio. Unfortunately, this is a tough loss for them. Obviously, having that that save by Immobile hurts in the penalty. But you know, I know many uh, Laziale, Jerry included, are uh, biting their lip about the Marici. Uh, you know, it just continues not to be able to score for them. You know, uh, it seems like it's twenty million dollars on the toilet there, but. Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's it's a tough place for Lazio, but uh, they're gonna they're like you said they're still within re- within shot of you know the top four spots, so you know it's not all end for them. Um, Hellas and Juve, obviously Barak sporting the new haircut, kind of mad at him. He cut he cut his hair before I did, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you know it's a game you expected it. Uh, Hellas always make it difficult for for their opponents. Juve were you know the dominant team in this one, but um, Hellas bent but they didn't break. And yep. I think that's important for them. That's what they, that's what their kind of their MO is. in a lot of these games where they're not the, the, the superior team and they they stuck in it. And then, you know, once Barack up the goal, they get this, you know, pretty much locked up shop. It was a difficult game. Juve missed some opportunities. No doubt about it. Um, I agree about your, your comment about Kies and Ronaldo. That's a formidable duo right there. Kies has really been stepping up lately. He's really been taking the reins of leadership of this team offensively, at least. Uh, and it's really nice to see because, you know, so for so long we talked about how he should have reached his potential. At least start, we're starting to see it now with Juventus, which when he first moved to Juventus, we we nodded, we, we said it's not a fit at all. It's not going to work. It's going to be like Bernadeschi. But he's finding his way around. And, you know, credit's got to go to Pirlo um, for, you know, adapting to finding a way to get Chiesa into the system and making him successful. Uh, it, it's always proven great things. And obviously, you know, having like Morata there also to clean up with the backup goals. Um, it's starting to work out offensively for Juventus. And then, you know, Atalanta and, and Sampdoria, um, Adero, a, a fantastic goalkeeping performance, but it came at a loss. Two goal of the week candidates, you know, Gossens with that second goal. I mean, the first goal, we know how great that was. But that second goal, you watch it. He Gossens comes from deep and he catches, he, you know, you find, see the hunger in his eyes when he wants, he wants that goal. And he just yeah. got in there before the defenders uh they're just fun fun to watch and uh they're starting to turn it up and you know oh don't look now they're they're in the mix i mean they're what you know three points behind juve right now in fourth uh i pegged them to finish second this year uh and you know they're making their charge now they're not in any kind of competition so they don't have anything to worry about um yeah it's gonna they're gonna make it difficult for those top three top three opponents so um and as well as the team below them so yeah they're uh they're becoming that team that they were at the end of last season it looks like yeah, they're starting to they're they're starting to pull it together a little bit. Um, <laughs> Lazio Lazio. getting Musacchio is cursing them. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, and Lazio Lazio has. Uh, I mean, they're still in this. They've just. Do you get concerned about them right now? Uh, I mean, now they go to Juve this weekend. Um, you know, they, coming they off do of a well loss. against Juve though. They do well against Juve. Oddly enough, you know, no matter what kind of form they're in, they always do well against Juve. Um, Tyler has a comment about Kulishevsky being very, very disappointing, and he was in this past match. But you know, I mean, you know, not to, to change subjects, but Lazio, I'm not concerned really. Um, I, I think Simone Inzaghi has done a fantastic job this year with what he's had to deal with. Uh, we saw what he, you know, with the COVID, you know, plaguing of the uh, lack of guys they've had at the beginning in Champions League and getting their way through the group stages. And um, I think they'll be fine. It's it's a difficult stretch for them, no doubt. Uh, but I, I, I think they're they're still in a, in a good position to try to maybe get a goal of beating the Champions League this year. It's still within reach. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not too worried yet. But if they go on, you know, you know, two three weeks of consecutive losses, you know, we can we we may have to change that narrative there. Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, from and, and from any of those other games right now, just taking a quick, uh, just taking a quick gander at all of this. Um, yeah, I, I you know, uh, Hellas Verona again. Uh, you know, they're kind of becoming this bogey team for Juventus. They've drawn them twice now this season. Um, you know, they were organized, they set up well, they did a great job. Um, you know, so we'll see if that springs them as they're still a contender for a European place. They're right in there with, you know, with Satsuolo. They're a little bit further behind the rest of the pack right now, but, you know, a team that can, you know, has proven they've got the talent that they can get it together and get on a run. Um, so yeah, uh, these, um, you know, all, uh, all entertaining games for their own reason. Bologna certainly yeah. surprising us. Atalanta entertaining us despite only coming away with two goals if you guys got up early enough for that. So, um, you know, that's what we got. Richard, uh, why don't you take it away with the rest? Yeah, uh, a uh, relegation six-pointer between uh, Crotone and Cagliari. Both clubs uh, struggling mightily as of late. You know, Crotone all season long. Actually, both teams all season long. Uh, so both teams needed to win in this one. Uh, but it was the road team of all teams, Cagliari, right? Uh, they finally got a way to break through in the goal. It took them a while. They didn't have until a 56-minute um, a wonderful towering header by um, Pavoletti. A nice cross came in. He jumps over both defenders, gets the goal in. His, I think it's his first goal in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one nothing at that point. And then Ja Pedro, a penalty would happen just minutes later. Uh, ja Pedro would step up. And I mean, that penalty was an exquisite penalty. It was ne- it nearly cracked my top five because that's how it was a good, really well taken penalty. Probably best okay. penalty I've seen taken in a while. But I digress. Uh, two nothing. Cagliari win on the road against Crotone. If you're going to get a win on the road, that's the place to do it. Uh, moving on, Inter, the the leaders of the clubhouse, uh, playing Genoa. You know, many people, including yourself, Frank, and myself in- included, thought that maybe Genoa would put up a fight in this one, uh, make it difficult because they've been playing very well as of lately under Ballardini. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it got off on the wrong foot very, very quickly. Lukaku, very reminiscent to the goal he scored against on Remagnoli last week. Uh, got the goal in the first minute of the matchup, one nothing. Fantastic way to start the matchup. Uh, really, this is a game where Inter could have won by double digits. They missed many opportunities. And for a while, it looked like maybe this isn't going to be a game that Genoa was going to steal. Uh, but it wasn't until deep in the second half where uh, Lukaku, again, uh, causing chaos and feeds Darmian out to the right-hand side. He puts it away low corner, uh, 2-0 at that point. And then Alexis Sanchez, again, because of Lukaku causing chaos, uh, gets a rebound in with a header right there on the goal front, uh, on the six-yard box. Uh, 3 nothing Inter win. Like I said, it should have been a lot bigger scoreline. But uh, Perrine and also the missed opportunities by Inter uh, really made the game a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, moving on, Udinese against Fiorentina. Uh, this was a game that went back and forth. Both teams have been playing a lot better lately, uh, but it took. It looked like it was going to be a stalemate in this one, and it wasn't until late. Nestorovsky, many people know this name for a long time, been in Serie A, uh, finally gets the goal in the 86th minute. one nothing. Udinese, excuse me, win. I'm thinking the mm. uh, black and whites, you know. Hey, Udinese you're win. Con- you're getting confused. I am, I am. Lack <laughs> of goals, not winning often. Yeah, you know. <laughs> one nothing. Udinese win at home. Uh, moving on, Napoli hosting Benevento. Uh, this is a game really Napoli needed to kind of right the ship uh, the way their performances of late have been. Uh, they And they did that. Um, Trees Mertens getting back in the score sheet, 34th minute. Nice redirection off a, of a cross in. Uh, one nothing going into halftime. And then in the second half, uh, it was a cross into the box. 
Um, both uh, both Di Lorenzo and uh, Politano were there. Di Lorenzo at first, you know, said it was his goal, but you see the replay uh, end up hitting off of Politano's hand or some part of off of him, and so he gets yeah. credited with the goal. Could have been an own goal too, uh, but yeah, Lazio, uh, excuse me, uh, Napoli find a way to win. Uh, they could have had a couple more goals in this, uh, but uh, nonetheless, they went two nothing at home. Uh, and then rounding out my games, because uh, obviously Torino says will postpone, we're going to talk about the big game of the week, uh, Roma-Milan. Uh, this one was a certainly a, 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 a good-sized matchup. I mean, two teams are in, you know fighting for Champions League spots. Uh, Milan obviously trying to get back on the right foot after having a very struggling uh, last month of the season so far uh, in all competitions. But um, goal scoring, it would take a while for the goal scoring to get started. Uh, lots of opportunities going both ways. Uh, we would see, though, uh, Tonali get involved in Calabria. He finds Calabria at, into the box. Uh, he goes down. Uh, Fazio's, you know, claiming innocence. Uh, look at the replay. Many people thought it was a bad call. Um, but you look at the replay. Even, even when I saw it live, I thought Calabria fell down a little too easily. You see the replay, and it's a 100% foul. Fazio steps on the, on the, on the boots of uh, Calabria before the ball gets there. It's 100% a foul. The only thing debatable is where it was marked. Referee thought it was within the box. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with him. Penalty is called. Um, and you hear on the air they were saying, uh, "Oh, it's Zlatan's decision who takes a penalty kick." And smartly he gave it to uh, Frank the Tank, uh, that man with the massive calves, uh, puts it away. One nothing. Milan up one nothing at halftime. Um, Roma though they would you you would wonder how Roma would uh, would fight back. Would they have any fighting in them? And they sure did. Uh, Jordan Vera two goal of the week candidate. Uh, responding back quickly in the second half in the 50th minute. A uh, wonderful goal past Gigi Donnarumma. Uh, nothing the keeper could have done about that. But then, you know, once that goal went in, would Milan respond? Yes, they would. Uh, a goal by Ante Rebic silencing his doubters. A wonderful turn on his defender uh, and shooting it far post. Uh, two to one, Milan take the lead. Uh, you know, both teams are both fan bases scream for penalties in this game, but I thought it was a, it was a fairly, it was, it was okay officiated game. It's fairly, fairly. I think the right result ended up happening. Uh, Milan winning. They were the the better of the two teams. I mean, lots of stand-up performances in this game. I thought, you know, at least from Roma's side, uh, Mkhitaryan, Spinazzola, uh, Vera too were fan- they were fantastic players. As well as on the Milan side, you had Tonali, Cassie, Tomori, uh, some excellent Calabria as well. Uh, some fantastic performances on both sides. So um, Milan win two to one, and that wraps up my games. Franks, where do you want to start with this with this batch? Um. Well, I mean, we'll start with the most recent one, Milan. I mean, I, I they they could have had this game killed off in the first ten to twelve minutes with the chances that they had. Um, yeah. You know, they were the, the better team in that first half. Yeah, sure. the blunder that Ebra tried to backheel. There was an offside goal. There was a couple of other really really good chances. And you know, you thought when you looked at Roma's lineup and you saw that Cristante was starting as a center back and he was starting with Federico Fazio next to him, you had to have some <laughs> relief as a Milan fan, or you had to have some real concern saying, "Boy." If uh, we don't win with Roma running this lineup, then yeah, forget about top four. Forget about maybe even top six. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the start of a downward downward spiral. What do so. you make of Zlatan's two big misses in the first half? I mean, one where the keeper made a mistake and he tried to backheel it in instead of turning and shooting, and there was another play where he missed a tap in. What do you make of those? And then his injury, obviously, several injuries in this game, but his in particular. I'm fine with the back heel on that. I by the time it takes him by the time it takes for him to take an extra touch, that defender's recovered and ready to block. Yep. You know, 
you know, the other, the only other thing that he probably could have done, and I thought that he was signaling over to Chalinolu saying that he was sorry or something like that, because I think Chalinolu was coming over to the top of the box where yeah. Eber could have just dropped it to him, could have just set him, and and Chalinolu had the whole goal to you know to to shoot at. So that would have been another decision he could have made there. I mean, I, there was no wrong answer for for what he would have tried to do there. So I, I I'm fine with what he did. Um, the injury. I mean, Milan have picked up and played well without him in the past. Okay, they look, they look better in that second half. Almost, I mean, in terms of you know being more clinical, I think and had more of a, a rhythm. I mean, Rebic was uh, more ramped up in that second half. Leal, I thought, brought some good things in there. Um, yep. So it, they just picked up and kept going. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I don't find an issue with the ability to just to to just pick up and, and as you were. Um, so that's. Uh, you know that's that that that's where I fall on that. Um, it ended up being a balanced game because Roma really controlled the second half and had more of the chances in the second half. Um, I think that was a penalty uh, on Teo uh, against uh, or on on that Mick, between the, the the incident between Mkhitaryan and Teo. I think Teo is clearly, um, you know, denying. Mkhitaryan's ability to get to the ball in an unfair advantage, uh, at least from what I watched. So, um, I and I watched that multiple times, thinking, "Man, how did they? You know, how, Milan might have gotten away with one there." Uh, so, you know, so but a but an important performance for Milan and a bounce back. And then here we go again with Roma against the top six team. They can't get it done. Yeah, and and to be fair to your point, I think there's also a penalty miss on Liao as well. So, I mean, both both teams missed a penalty at the end there. Um, and yeah, Roma with, you know, with the questions you were saying, uh, they have, uh, their midfield, I think Spinozola is continues to be a great pickup for them. He just continues to perform every week in and week yeah. out. It just, they can't, you know, you know, finish it off there. The midfield is good enough to dominate some of these teams, but defensively there's issues. And then offensively, yeah. they're not scoring goals as much as they should be. Mkhitaryan has some great opportunities in this game that he missed and some saves were done, were done, but a lot of credit's got to be going to Tamori. Uh, obviously Kiar is Kiar. He's fantastic, but. Tamori, he played lights out in this one again. He nearly had a goal a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and Dave's asking the question: Tamori over Romagnola? Yes or no? For me, yeah. it's a yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, how do you keep him off the pitch at this point? I agree. Uh, you know, right now, the only other thing that you can do here is that Romagnola is a very young player, and well, not very young, but he's still young. Um, yeah. And I've seen this happen where you sit him. So that he could have ninety minutes to watch a live game and watch yes. and yes. and see, okay, watch how another defender does it, or sit and evaluate it a little bit, and then he goes back out and then he's he's made those improvements and he's made those adjustments and he's far more effective. Yeah. So, you know that that's a that's a scenario that could possibly happen with Romagnoli. And another scenario is that that for the foreseeable future, uh, Pioli sticks with the combination of Kyer and, and Tomori. So um, the one thing that's obvious with, with Tomori um, is his speed. I mean, mm-hmm. he's one of the fastest guys on the pitch. And you're talking about guys with like, with like uh, Mkhitaryan and, and Teo Hernandez. He was the second fastest guy on that pitch. I mean, 34 kilometers an hour, uh, really moving out there. And you see a couple of plays where, yeah, the, 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 off, the offensive player has the ball and he's got the lead, but he just zoom, zooms in and makes a great play. Um, and that's what he has over Romagnoli. And Romagnoli has the experience and doesn't need to be so close up on the guys or play the catch-up role. 
Uh, but I think you're right. He needs to sit down for a couple games, watch maybe how somebody else is doing it, and then really regroup and then come back. Because I think there's still a place for him in this team. You know, maybe with the three center backs, first off, they need to keep Tamori, no matter what they can do. Yeah. But, you know, maybe you can find a way to use three at some point against certain teams, three center backs and have five in the midfield to change it up and, and play different. You know, it, you, you need to have depth at this level. So Tamori almost has the characteristics that you would see in a center back that's playing at Bayern right now. You know, um, the only thing that's missing, I would say, is his technique. Uh, his passing technique, um, you know, where I think that, uh, you know, Bayern center backs are better passers, you know, but everything else, you know, can be part of a center back pairing that can get away with playing that high line that Flick likes to play because he's got so much pace to yeah. recover in case they're beaten over the top. So, um, you know, who I haven't heard about lately, who, who's that? who I haven't heard from in a, in a while is all the Tonali haters. You know, yeah. all of a sudden, are like, oh, he's a bomb. He's a washout. I mean, this is even even talking about Milan fan base, and he's been playing really. He's been getting better and better each and week, and he's one of the man, one of the best players on the pitch this week. Obviously, Frank for me is going to take it, Frank Cassier. Yeah. But Tonali was up there. He had a really good game. Had a great diving and tackle at the end, or in the in the first half, I guess, to make a diving tackle a la Gattuso. Um, he's playing a lot better. I mean, you know, him and Tamori coming into into lineup uh, really did did good things for Milan. I think, and you know, once Milan are gonna have also questions in the midfield when Ben Asser comes back, you know, I think, you know, Lisi and I were talking about this before. There's a place. There should be a place for Kessie, Ben Asser, and Tonali in some formation, four two three, or Tonali moves up. I don't know, but they all three need to be out there. You know, if you're a Milan fan. Well, in this four two three one, that you know, you could get Ben Asser back in his partnership with Kessie, and you can play Tonali in front of them. Um, pretty comfortably. Um, so that would be the obvious way that I would see it. I don't know if they could create a four-three-three out of this. I think that you're you're reteaching everybody things there. Yeah. We're here. You've got a system in place. You've got them functioning. You know, so the, I I did not like the um. What what's the word? I, I did not like the disrespect for Tenali. Uh, early on, I, I, I did didn't appreciate it. You're talking about a very young player who's gone from being you, know, you, you. He was the man at Brescia. Let's face it, and now he's coming to a team full of very good players, a, a slightly different system where he's going to have to do some learning. So of course, there's going to be some growing pains and there's going to be some adaptation. Yeah. It looks like he is adjusting and adapting with every game. So, um. Yeah, I, I I think we're starting to see him grow, and I think that we're starting to see him start to become uh, an integral part of this Milan setup. So, Napoli, yeah. um, good to have Dries Mertens back, I would imagine, oh, yeah. uh, getting back and scoring goals. Um, you know, he's getting more and more into the twilight of his career, but he can still play. Um, and, uh, you know, this was a Napoli team. What did we say a few weeks ago? He said, you know, there's no reason to push the panic button. There's no reason to all of a sudden just uh, throw the towel on Gattuso. Just yeah. score goals. You know, you're there. You just got to score goals. Uh, it comes at a cost. Koulibaly's out for the Sassuolo game tomorrow, and that's going to be a problem, uh, you know, when they go to the Mape. But it's, uh, you know – if if they've got Mertens back, they're getting some of these guys back all of a sudden. They're a team that can be very sneaky in terms of making a run at this top four. So, um, you know, it's just uh, it's just the way, you know, it's just the way it is. 
Colin has his comment in here, and you know he should know better than anybody else because uh, when the lick first came to Juventus, people ratted on him. Oh, he's a bomb. We spent eighty million dollars for what? Yeah, he is. He is the real deal. Just give him, give these players, these young players, time to adapt to their leagues, uh, to really you know become Bastoni. Same thing. Well, Bastoni was different. He kind of blossomed from the beginning. He's been fantastic for Inter all year. But you know, a lot of these young players, they don't always step in. You know, right away, and they need some time to grow and learn the league, uh, learn the players, especially if they're coming from a team where they were the big fish. Now they're going to a bigger team. Now they're little fish. Take some time and get used to that because when you know. Definitely. Not many, not many guys are like Mbappe or or Halan where they can just automatically be the big fish no matter where they go. Uh, most guys have to just get acclimated to their surroundings, get comfortable with the guys around them. Um, so, you know, having veterans like Kiara and, and Zlatan is going to help Tonali. And then, you know, Delict has obviously Bonucci and, and Chiellini and, and Buffon there. So, you know, he's going to be fine. All these youngsters are going to be fine. Just give them time, you know. Yep. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. So, um, the other ones from this, uh, from this past weekend, I don't feel too bad for Napoli, David. They're, they're in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Udinese starting to flash some form. Uh, you know, they've won three out of their last five. Don't look yeah. now. Yeah. Um, in, in Serie A. I mean, they're winning in 12th place. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they're sitting in 12th place. So a tough match for Milan tomorrow. Great game. That'll be at, uh, at the San Siro. Uh, and they're doing it with they're doing it with different ways. You know, they they part with lasagna. They're still not scoring a ton of goals, but Nestorovsky's a veteran. They get great play out of their wingbacks, and obviously Rodrigo de Paul is just everything for them. And when you got Juan Musso back there making saves, they've got elements here to just where they're going to be in very healthy shape here for the rest of the season. You know, they might be able to sneak into tenth this season, but that's about as high as they're going to be able to go. And then you know we'll see. We'll see what they are after this. Um, Inter just – I thought this would be a letdown game for them after winning the Derby. You get a Genoa team that loves to sucker punch you. Um, but Lukaku, you know – He's a beast. He's a beast. <laughs> yeah, he continues he, to be faster than every other defender he goes up against, which is mind-blowing to me. Um, I would love to see him go against Tamori one-on-one just to see what the, if he could outpace him. Because it seems like wh- whoever he's going up against, he he rises to the challenge and just blows past guys, uh, which is not at all what you would say about him You know, five years ago when he was at Manchester United or even Everton. This is not the same type of player. And so, I mean, he is he's just a, in a different world at this moment. Um, and, you know, he's he's carrying Inter at times. And at other times, the t- rest of the team is there, you know, with the spoils too. So, I mean, you know, Barella played well. Erickson again. I mean, these the team is playing. I mean, this is a good performance by Antonio Conte's men. Because yeah. I agree with you. We, we thought it was going to be a letdown. It was perfect remedy for a letdown. And they didn't have it. Now, yeah. it helps to have a goal in the first minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is the mentality is the mentality starting to shift or is this the – is this the benefit of only now having one competition to focus on and, and only having to play once every seven days? Well, in this case, once every three or four days, but yeah. you know, you know, at least for the, for these next couple for, you know, for this week, but um, you know, is it, is it, uh, is it, do you see a mentality change with these guys or is it just they're benefiting from not having to play as many games now? And this is, this is, they're all in on this. This is what they can focus on. Both. It's, it's it's both. Well, certainly they're benefiting from not having as many games. Why wouldn't you, right? right. Uh, but I think they are starting to come around. Now, the, the, the real letdown, I think, is going to happen this midweek because Conte historically doesn't do well on short short turnarounds. Uh, so we'll see what they do against um, – they got Parma. I mean, so that's a t- great team you want to play, I guess. Uh, the only one better would be Crotone. 
Uh, but yeah, no, I think the mentality has changed a bit. I think they, you know, they have been trying to, they've, they've no matter their inconsistencies, they, they kept up with Milan at the beginning of the season. And now they, they had that big win in the Derby, which is going to go a long way. And um, yeah, I think they're just feeding off this confidence, feeding off the, you know, obviously having the lighter schedule. And so um, it's going to be good for them. I mean, I still think there's going to be mental lapses in there and there's still opportunity for the teams yeah. below them to catch them. But um, at present, I think it's uh, they're doing very well, and they, you should be scared when you come up against them. Sure, sure. Um, and I think that's all I got from uh, that's all I got from this uh, this slate of games here. Um, Cagliari off to the right start under Simplici. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, it is Crotone, um, but if they didn't get anything out of this game. Uh, it would have been hopeless for Cagliari the rest of the way. I think that there's some encouragement that can be taken. Um, that uh, uh, that'll that'll help them now. Um, you know, and some places got you know they they played pretty well here. I mean, it was a game that Crotone controlled. Um, they controlled the possession, and I think you actually see this with Crotone teams. They like having they like having the ball. Um, they just are so easy to counter. Uh, you know, and that's what you, you know, it's all you got to do when you play Crotone. You wait for the mistake, you go the other way because they can't defend. Yeah. So, you know, and Cagliari found a way to to get it done in that sense. So, um, good for them. I mean, look at the, you're looking at the table now. Obviously, Inter is still in first place, but now it's a four, it's still a four point lead over Milan. Uh, Juventus is just three points behind Milan and then Atalanta right there. Uh, you got a big group of grouping of people of that Roma, Napoli, Lazio. Uh, they're all in the mix. All, all of them could be easily in, in the top four. Um, Atalanta are starting to surge at the right moment, I think, and uh, Juventus are as well. So I think it's going to be very difficult to break into the top four, Frank. I mean, yeah, you know, Lazio, Napoli, and Roma certainly can do it. Um, and hell, if Sala, uh, Sassuolo get on a hot streak, they probably could too. But that top four, I think that's probably the top four we're going to have, you know, at the end of the season. I don't know. What do you think? You that? think Roma hangs in there? I think Roma will fall out. Um, I, I definitely. Th- Oh, no, Roma's, Roma's fifth, excuse Roma's me. You're right, fifth, you're yeah. right. They'll hang on to the um, Europa League spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if they'll hang on to the Europa League spot, uh, to be fair. I think that Napoli and Lazio will overtake them here as the season goes on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's Inter, it's Milan, it's Juve, and Atalanta is going to be your top four this season. I would, now that Napoli the is starting still to... up there, you know. Yeah, the order's still up there. But I would, all, but I would say, now that... Napoli have everybody back. I think they're in the conversation. Obviously, Lazio, you know, Lazio is as well. Um, you know, I mean, anything can happen. But right now, I mean, I think it could be looking more and more like these four um, are going to be the four that represent Italy in the uh, Champions League next season. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, there's so much, so much left to play here. There's 14, 14 games for for most folks. There's 15 for others. Uh, there's there's still a long, long way to go. Um, it's- 14, 15 games, like you said, left, and then look at look out now. But we might have three Milan teams next year with um, Monza uh, tearing it up in Serie B at the moment. Uh, it yeah. could happen. It could happen. Uh, I knew when uh, Berlusconi and Galliani took over Monza, we were going to see them eventually in Serie A. Uh, and lo and behold, it's almost directly since they, like three years in a row, or whatever. So good for them and Obalatelli yeah. and, and company. Uh, all the four Milan players. 
Uh, so yeah, yeah, good for them. It'd be not, it'd be fun to see. Hopefully, you know what what we all want to see when teams get promoted is that they make up a fight. They make a fight in it. You know, like Benevento this year and Spezia. They're they're sticking around. They're hanging in there. They're not just getting beat like Crotone this season. You know, so uh, we'll see. Whoever gets promoted, let's let's hope they make a fight. Make it this interesting. We got the, the the Milan banter era is is alive and well at Monza. The Gabriel Paletta scoring today in a two two draw uh, at Frosinone um, in the win over Chievo Balotelli in the 60th minute. Um, let's see when they beat Vicenza back on the ninth. Um, well, Marco D'Alessandro never Marco D'Alessandro could have been a perfect banter era player for Milan, but. Yeah. Uh, they never have Kevin Constant. <laughs> nope, I don't see. Uh, don't don't know if Kevin Constant has made this group. Kevin Prince Boateng. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's there. I know that. <laughs> These are some proper banter era dudes. Yeah, uh, from me yeah. playing for this. Uh, Is Matri playing with them? <laughs> uh, he could be. He could uh, be. Uh, Spezia put up a Colin. Yeah, we we agree. Spezia <clears throat> Spezia played well, and then you know we made the point. Uh, that uh, a, a very nice, very nice job of Pirlo to change the shape. So yeah, Paletta, yeah, David Paletta scored today uh, against Frosinone. Bones is sitting in third right now in Serie B uh, on forty-four points, and it's third through sixth will play off for the remaining promotion spot. Yeah. Uh, Empoli tops the table right now on forty-nine points. Venezia is at forty-five. Um, and then you have Monza, Salernitana, Chievo, Lecce. So you have that as three, four, five, six at the moment. And Cittadella is even on points with Lecce. Spall's still in the conversation, as is Pisa. So, yeah. Um, oh, we saw there was a goal of the week. I mean, goal of the year candidate in the Vicenza. I forget who they played, but it was against Vicenza, and uh, or maybe Vicenza scored, whoever, whatever. That was a great goal. I mean, what a goal. It was a goal <clears> from like a tough angle. I mean, with all power. I'll, I'll try to retweet it out, but it was a fantastic goal for not only City B, but City A. Yeah. Um, before we before we get into the goals of the week, um, I want to go back real quick to Roma because David brought up a good point about Zaniolo. There's rumors that Zaniolo is going to try to come, get his way back, uh, get fit, get some games in, and then play with the Azzurri. Should we treat this with kid gloves, Zaniolo? Um, granted, he's got the desire. He's still young, but with that, with the history of his injuries, we I think we Roma should take it easy with him yeah. and not rush him back. I know he wants it. I know he wants to play the Azzurri. He's young enough. There's going to be many other years. His health is more important now that to, to be have the opportunity to play in the long run later on in his career. You need to save your legs now. I mean, I mean, granted if he if he has a superhuman comeback, great, whatever, but don't rush him. We rushed him out the last couple of times and look at his injuries he keeps getting back. So, do not rush him for just, for all of us, for all Azuri fans, you know. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am in full agreement on that, um, Richard. Full agreement on that. He, there's no, there's no reason to bring him back quickly. He does not need to play in these Euros. If I'm Roberto Mancini, I am putting a hard stop on that and saying, "Look, kid, you have a future here with this, uh, with with the Azuri and with the national team. You, you're going to sit this one out." Let's 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 bring you back the right way. Let's do it the right way. If Roma don't want to do it the right way, Mancini has a great chance to do it the right way. I yeah. I I I like the kid. I'll live with it if he's selected for the uh, for the Euros. But there's no reason to there's no reason to rush him into this. Yeah. So. And speaking of speaking of uh, people we like, uh, Mancini for Roma. I think he's he's gonna have his hand in the mix in terms of defense for for the yeah, Azzurri going forward because. He is he's a, a quality center back, I think. 
I think the center backs right now are Cherubi and Bastoni um, for the Atsuri. The issue yeah. is that they're both left-footed. Who goes on the right side of that two-man center defense? So, uh, <clears throat> so okay, let's get into the goals of the week because we got a guest in the waiting. We don't want to wait keep him waiting too long. Right. Uh, let's do goals of the week. Uh, my goals of the week, um, I'm going to go with uh, my honorable mentions. This is difficult for me, but I, these three have to be honorable mentions or four because the top five was just too good for me. So my honorable mentions are Lukaku, uh, Veratu, Rebic, and Gosens. I thought all their goals were fantastic, but um, just didn't make my top five. So my top five are as follows. Uh, Giasi with his second. Uh, lovely. That was a super hard cross and a super well-done finish by him. Number four, I'm getting a goalkeeper love. Skorupski with a goal line save on Matosic. A uh, really awesome save. It was behind him, and, I mean, he just stretched out and, and got it, saved it just by inches. Number three for me, Melanovsky, that bullet of a shot that he had. What a powerful shot that was. Number two for me, Jan Karamo, a wonderfully, you know, one-on-one skill and then, you know, powerful powerful left-footed shot to the top far corner. Uh, that's number two for me. And number one, it's that Bologna combination, Musabaro to Sansone. I mean, wonderful volley out of midair, but... You know, Musabara doing really well to keep it from going out of bounds as well. So yeah, th- those two right there are number one for me. Yeah, I'm with you on said Sony as the as the goal of the week. I want to give goalkeeping nods to not only Skorupski but to Mattia Padin for uh, saving Genoa from getting absolutely bombed uh, beyond the three uh, nil. Uh, um, Paul, I'll get to your question in a second. Um, uh, number two for me is. Uh, Malinovsky's finish. I just love the combination. Love how he was played in. Yeah. Uh, Karamo's number three. Uh, Ante Rebic with the turn and finish at four. And then I like Lukaku's goal to open it up. Big Rom uh, scoring there in uh, in the third minute against Genoa is my uh, is, is my number five. Okay. Uh, where do you think Spezia's Giassi goes in the new season? I think he stays right there. Um, if they so, stay in Serie A, yeah. I mean, he should. He should. He's a talented player, and hopefully, he goes to a better team. But I think Spezia should be would be dumb to get rid of him. He'd make a he'd make a nice fit at a place like Sassuolo. Yeah. Um, yeah. As an show. example, I think that would be a great place to where where he would be able to move to move on. I don't know if he's a top six guy um, just yet. I, I like I like what I see from him. I like what I see from a handful of these uh, these these uh, Spezia guys. Uh, Marquita. Uh, like I like I said at the beginning of the podcast, was a guy that jumped off the page for me today watching him play. Um, uh, Nahuel Estevez is a solid midfielder. Um, I can't remember the, the guy in the middle that was playing next to him. Is it Senna? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, uh, he, he was strong. Uh, and then uh, and Zola, it wasn't one of his better games today, but um, he's another guy that uh, people should be on the lookout for. So. Speaking of uh, not top six material and someone you need to look out for uh, – we got a snake here in the uh, in the uh, VIP lobby. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Critty Smith. Uh, is he there? Critty, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? We hear yeah. you. We hear you. Uh, you're you're not on you're not on video there. No, I'm uh, I'm actually trying. Sorry, I can't I can't be on I can't be on the video right now. I'm just I'm I'm doing so much. I'm multitasking. You know, this is the the day and age that we live in. <laughs> I hear you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good to have you. Good to have you on. And uh, your team, uh, Inter, uh, top of the table yet again. I think the last time we had you on, Inter, were top of the table. So uh, th- this is when it's safe to bring you on. You know, I think after 
when it, and then this is the other thing that we do. This is kind of like what we do with Solano. We get Solano on when when you know when it's Roma and Milan because every time we've had Solano on, Roma loses. Okay, and so yeah. now with Critty, um, you know, last time we had a man enter, we're top of the table, and then subsequently they didn't win the league. So uh, <laughs> there you go, boosting Milan's chances by having Critty on the podcast right now. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, uh, got the the last the last time that I was on this particular podcast, I, I did not have a eleven month old daughter, so that that's changed a lot. Of oh, course, in the last yeah, man. yeah, year. So um, yeah, and she's already you know she's she's already into in football, so she's I mean she she watches it with me. She loves watching the ball go back and forth down the pitch. So I think you know. Um, just trying to read her mind, I think she, I think she's taking great liking to it. So I'm very optimistic that this. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 may, I may, I may have a little, uh, a, a little, a little football lady on my hands here in the next couple of years. Nice, good for you. Nice, good for you. Well, uh, top of the table. Um, you know, it, we just got done talking about this win over Genoa, and I just wanted to, you know, here's here's where I was coming at this, and I asked Richard this question. I'll ask you the same thing. I thought that based on how Genoa play and based how they're set up under Davide Balladini and coming off of a big derby win, that this could be a potential trap for Inter to drop points. Um, I even went so far that Nima and I were chatting about it on Twitter during the game where I said, you know, when, when Inter got the 1-0 lead, I said to him, I said, now all you have to do is just make sure you don't get sucker punched because this is what Balladini's Genoa does. Um, but they don't. They actually put in a very mature performance, turned in a 3-0 win. It could have been a hell of a lot more had it not been for Mattia Padding. Um, so are you – you know, I mean, it obviously important to win the Derby, but it would be safe to say certainly much more – just as important to win this game, the game after the derby, to ba- to basically validate the level of play that Inter are capable of, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the the one of the words that you just used uh, that really describes Inter now um, is mature. You know, I go back to Frank De Boer's uh, very short <laughs> tenure with Inter. You got to remember. Um, they beat Juventus that season uh, very early on. They, 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 they knocked Juventus in the mouth, and then what happened after that? Uh, only a few weeks after that, he was sacked, and uh, Inter were looking for, for yet another coach. So um, this is, uh, yes, the next game after is always important. There's always a trap game, especially in a huge rivalry. Um, I looked at the Genoa game, I'll be honest with you, and saw that, you know, uh, <laughs> that's the game – that under Spalletti, that Inter would typically lose. Um, that was uh, a, a, a definite had had a one-one draw written all over. That's what Inter was really known for was was to take a one-nil lead and then always, uh, you know, suffer a a, a, a knee-bending goal at the in the 87th or 89th minute. Ended up one-one. You drop two points, and that's how you fall off. And this is a, this is you know you look at Lukaku. This is second season. Uh, you look at uh, the the rise of Martinez. Uh, they they I mean, honestly you know look at all the former Manchester United players and on the Inter roster. It's insane. Uh, Ashley Young, Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez. 
Uh, there, but you know, all of them in their own way, kind of difference makers. And you know, add to that the uh, solid course uh, Conte started with last season. And yeah, mature. That's a that's a really great word that you used to describe them as mature. And that's how you win a scudetto. That's how you win any of your uh, top five league titles. Is, is to not just win the big games, but also win against the clubs that you're expected to win against. You obviously last week there was a an emotional win for you certainly uh, more so than us. Uh, you know the the big big derby win, uh, the, an, an emphatic win. It was a, a the drubbing really against Milan. Um, and it I, was I, the I, most. I, it was the most. It was the biggest derby in over a decade, Richard. Yeah, Period. no, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, and I know some people, even some Milan fans, are saying, "Oh, maybe the game would be different if Tomori played." I don't think so. Everyone played bad for Milan, including Cassie, who's normally Mister Consistency. But what do you take from that big win that you th- that that makes you think this is a team Inter that can really challenge for a title this year? That they're going in the right direction, as opposed to maybe the inconsistencies we saw at the first half of the season. Well, you know, I was kind of worried in the the very because some of those losses draw, if you will, uh, the Milan loss, uh, the first half of the season, um, they dropped some, some points to some lesser teams. And of course with Inter, especially the last five seasons, uh, well, let's say under, uh, Spalletti and Mancini, the January, February timeframe was, was absolutely abysmal. That's when, you know, I enter, we're top. The, uh, you said the last time I came on, they were top of the table. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, when the hell was that? I mean, uh, we <laughs> it's have been. been. A while. <laughs> uh, yeah, sporadically. But I mean, you got to remember, uh, back in 2015, they were top of the table at Christmas. They were. They, you know, this was uh, 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 the team that ended up finishing fourth that year, which uh, Serie A didn't have Champions League that that time. Uh, in fourth place uh, was until a year or two later. So they ended up going to Europa League. Um, but they were top of the table at Christmas. Uh, the, the January time frame came around, February time frame, and Inter, uh, those are the dark, cloudy, you know, party days where they would completely fall off, uh, you know, draws against, you know, uh, I hate to pick, uh, you know, Sassuolo has owned us uh, uh, yeah. in, many, oh, yeah. in many matches since coming up uh, from, from uh, Serie B. So, you know, those are, this is the, these are the types of matches now that Inter are winning, and I'm seeing them win on a weekly basis. And not a lot of these matches are also one nil grinders, as you as you so so uh, correctly pointed out. Um, the years past that that that, that the goal that Inter scores to open the scoring, Genoa does come back and equalize. They they draw and then, and then that's when Inter loses their confidence. They start to panic. Uh, and and the whole, the wheels uh, tactically the wheels fall fall off the bus and they didn't happen. That's not happening this season. I, I believe that this this team's been together for the most part and its key components now for two full seasons and they started to really gel and that's that's where you know the, the chemistry is is so important uh, in, in terms of when you when you buy new players. It's not just you know Lukaku many say was a failure in United. I mean, he scored a lot of memorable goals there, but the team itself didn't have that much success. Well, with Inter, I mean, he's he's I mean, not only is a goal scoring machine, but he he he's look what he's reached in terms of table success. You know, Inter um, now have a commanding four point lead. You know, with uh, you know three months or so left in the season, that's that this is the closest they've been to get since point ten. So, I think that they're hungry. On top of that, if you want to add. 
you know, uh, another element to it is that it's been over a decade since they were uh, champions. So there's got to be a hunger. There's got to be. And if I'm not mistaken, what what's Lukaku ever won? He's never won a World Cup. And he's never won a right. Premier League title. Um, he's been at Everton, been at Chelsea. He's been at uh, Manchester United. Uh, you know, um, maybe Lukaku won. I don't remember. Was he on that? Uh, Mourinho squad in 2015 with Chelsea. I don't, I don't remember, but we don't follow you know. the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you get my point. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is a chance for him to say, you know, I I, I came somewhere. This is my team. I am the I, I'm the alpha male on this team, and I I, I carry this team much like uh, Ibra did back in 2008 2009 with Inter. Lukaku is doing that now with Inter over a decade later, and this is he's putting his stamp. On this team, and this is a team that has legendary strikers going back to, you know, uh, the 1950s, 1960s under the uh, Gonda Inter times, and and he could maybe be a part of that list now in terms of uh, historical Inter players. You win a Scudetto at Inter, uh, you, you're you're closer to getting that second star above that that uh, crest on the kit. Um, you know, that's 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 a lot to be said. So consistency, maturity, uh, the chemistry, the the gelling, and just you know, being able to, uh, to to build off of off of leads instead of squandering them. That's a huge part. I, I feel very optimistic about their chances this season, more so than I have in, in many a moon. Is it easier because that's all that's left for Inter right now? Um, with just one, you know, basically playing once a week now that, you know, Conte doesn't have to worry about rotation. He can just go out and p- play his best 11 players. So I want you to answer that first. Second, we got a question from uh, uh, from our chat. Paul Gullo asks, uh, uh, do you think a, a big difference these days is, do you think the only difference these days is with the commitments of Patisic and Erickson? Uh, so, I mean, it just the the ease of having now just one competition left well before everybody else does. I know you probably would still love to be in the Champions League and, and, and fighting on some of these other fronts. Um, but then also, uh, if you could answer Paul's question, the, the what the commitments of Perisic and, and Erickson have meant to this team, too. Uh, well, so to the first, uh, in terms of is it, is it easier to have one competition, well, look at, look at Chelsea's uh, 2017 season when Conte was their manager. They only yep. competed on one front. They weren't Europe. They won the Premier. So yes, of course it is. That, that's un, un, undeniably. Uh, if Inter were facing a, 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 a you know a, a double header every week in the Champions League, uh, having to play on Europe's greatest front in addition to having to battle domestically at home, yes, they would be facing. I I I, I would dare I say uh, they would not be the favorites to win the Scudetto. I would I would think completely transparent and honest about it. It is a massive, massive advantage to only having to play, you know, a match, you know, once a week and, and being able to be fully rested, full, you know, full rotation, whatever rotation you want about there, starting level, you know, probably there, you can do it. Um, that's great. I, you know, in terms of the question about Pedisic and Erickson, Pedisic to me kind of got revitalized Byron last year. I, I was very down on him as an inter yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, he came over from uh, Wolfsburg, I think, uh, and he had, you know, some certainly had some good performances for Inter over the years, but just consistency with him uh, was a massive, massive uh, uh, fail. He would he, he was on and off. It's like the Bayern Munich season that loan last year just kind of um, 
I don't know, it jolted something in him. And, and I think that you're getting the best version of him at Inter that you've seen since he signed, uh, since he came from the Bundesliga. So, um, uh, Erickson, I've always been high on Erickson. I thought that uh, what, what he did at Spurs, obviously, uh, was, was magnificent. Uh, I think that they would really love to probably still have him. Uh, so, you know, um, what was the question was about their com- their com- commitments in, in, in terms of what, like uh, committed to the team or, or committed to – I'm just trying to understand exactly. I, I would imagine he's asking about the improvement in their performances. Yeah, I mean, that's huge, uh, especially, you know, you're, you're talking about a winger in Perisic that, uh, it's, you know, there's certain matches with Inter where he would just really cross the ball into uh, uh, about 10 players and just hope for the best. And now it seems like he's more focused, he's, he, he's more sharp. And Erickson, in terms of, you know, I don't – it's hard to judge a player always in their first season. Last season was his first with Inter, and so it was, you know, um, also came in at the halfway mark. Um, so, you know, you're being kind of thrust in, in, into making a, a, a immediate adjustments. And City, uh, going from the Premier League to City A uh, is, is, is an adjustment. I mean, the, the, the style of play, uh, I mean, it's not something that you can just do overnight, I don't believe, unless you're just, you know, a Messi or Ronaldo, obviously. But, you know, Erickson takes some time to get adjusted. And um, I know there was some panic and there was some talk about maybe Erickson, we made the wrong move with him. But, you know, this is another thing, too, is that Inter's been patient with these this current set of players. Uh, they haven't hit the panic button like they have in the past. And I think that's also uh, showed the results that we're seeing right now and the fact that they've let these players sort of play through their mistakes, if you will. And Conte's been, Conte's been patient. But, you know, uh, I think that that sort of stability within the team has also helped massively shape them. But I will say this, if they were playing, I go back to the original thing, uh, besides Erickson and Harrison, massively important uh, to the team this season. Um, it, it really helps them as well not having to play, say, Real Madrid on a Wednesday night. They have to play Milan on a Saturday. You know, I mean, that there, there's, no, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that if you're a Milan or a supporter, if, if Inter wins this, you can, you can say, just as everybody did in 2017 with Chelsea, you'll say, well, you know, you guys had it easy. You only had to play the one match per week. So, of course, sure. uh, Man City, Liverpool, they're going to, uh, you know, in this case, Milan, Juve, Roma, they're going to, you know, say, well, you know, we, we were doing this and, and you guys, you know, were basically on, you know, one-third vacation. So, nice. Yeah. You guys, uh, you being Inter, have a big matchup uh, next Monday against Atalanta. Yeah. Now, normally, if you had a week or Conte had a week to prepare for this match, I'd say it would be, you know, chances are they're going to perform very well. Unfortunately, there is this game on Thursday you guys have to worry about Parma. Now, Parma is not that, that hard of an opponent, but I think these, these short turnarounds for Conte have proven, you know, in the past that they've been difficult for him. How how worried are you going into the Atalanta matchup a week from now with a game in between that you know you think Conte can get it right in that time because up to this point in the season he really hasn't gotten it right in these short turnaround games we've seen what he's he's capable of when he had like seven days for the derby uh, maybe performed excellently they were lights out do you have that confidence that they can that he can adjust properly get ready for Atalanta knowing that Atalanta now are Starting to get it right. They're they're keeping teams from scoring. They're scoring beautiful goals again. They're looking very reminiscent at the end of 2020. What are your thoughts about this next week for you guys? 
uh, well, they dropped, I believe, uh, they dropped points to Parma, uh, in the first, uh, matchup this season. So, yeah. um, you, you know, that, <laughs> and Parma is like, you know, slated for relegation. So that, that's, <laughs> but you, this is a true trap game if there ever was yeah. one. Yeah, I talked about Swole a little while ago being, uh, a, a, you know, a kryptonite for Inter over the over the past five years. Well, Atalanta has been another one of those clubs. Uh, they have traditionally, over the past half decade, performed very well against Inter. Uh, so, I, if there was no game in between, let me be very clear, I would still be worried about this Atalanta match. Uh, being that there is a game in between. I believe that the, that the focus will be on Atalanta and, and the Parma match is where there will be the possibility for having points being dropped. Uh, so, so I am more confident in Inter uh, performing well against – because they've, they've performed very well recently against their uh, fellow top six uh, counterparts in, in yeah. the uh, It's uh, I always worry about Inter when I'm talking about the bottom five. So am I worried about Atalanta? Sure, I'm always going to respectfully be worried about them, but I'm actually more worried about the uh, capability of dropping points against Parma as a, as a true definition of a trap game. Well, I mean, you've got to only look at recent points dropped at Udinese, uh, at Sampdoria, um, you know, games that you probably should have been in control of. I think we're getting a lovely view of the ceiling of your car. Is that what that is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Look, yeah. All right. One more for me. Um, And uh, that uh, that surrounds, you know, Samir Handanovic. Um, and the goalkeeping situation now that, you know, while Inter has been on this really nice run, um, Handanovic uh, obviously had a very glorious period against Milan where I gave him a lot of credit and said, you know what, Inter don't go on and roll in this game without Handanovic's role in the ver- in the early part of that second half, uh, making some point-blank saves and you know, and being called upon, but he has been relatively inconsistent and might be showing his age. You know, where are you with Sami Handanovic? Is it time to uh, turn the page on goalkeeper here for the future? Um, or are you, you know, has he been such a good inter-servant over the years that you're willing to, you know, let him play things out? Gosh, it seems like he's been here as long as the spider, you know? I mean, yeah. in terms of years, uh, it, it's insane. He's, God, he's, you know, he, he seems like he's been there for like 20 seasons. I know. It's, it's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, he's he's well past the uh, – and I know keepers have longer, you know, lifespans to them, uh, barring injury. But he's well on the other side of 30. And, you know, I, I – Richard, you can attest to this. But, like, you look at a club like Bayern – I mean, as soon as Oliver Kahn was like 31, 32, they started yeah. looking. And then you find Manuel Neuer, and then Neuer gone, and they take another shot to goalkeeper after him. And you know how that works, Richard. And, um, you know, so I think that Inter has to be looking uh, because you don't want to get stuck in a situation like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I would honestly say um, – you know where 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 you haven't where where you're having a a, a, a transition 
forced upon you because of, of uh, severe drop off in performance. And right, right. do we honestly believe that that Samir that Hamdanovich can actually perform at at this high a level for an extended period of time? I mean, they have really relied on him for basically you know a, a decade at this point. You may almost well say so. It's 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 coming to an end. I do believe that his time and interest, and, I, and the, the, you know what I said, he's, they're hungry. Well, after you, if say they win the Scudetto, I mean, where's, where's, uh, Handanovic's motivation going to be at that point? Now that, you know, you, you've reached the top of the ceiling and, and you, you've dethroned Juve after like what it seems to be 57 consecutive years of, <laughs> of, 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 of a dark cloud. Um, it's, it's, um, it's something that Inter does definitely need to look at. I'm I've been in favor of them looking at 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 at, at least entertaining the thought of getting uh, another keeper. Uh, you know, uh, to a certain extent, Liverpool's running this problem when Allison's been down. They they've gone relied on cheap uh, replacements like Adrian, and that has bit them in the ass uh, on more than one occasion because you know Handanovic has been uh, far more reliable than uh, Allison Becker has uh, in, in in terms of tenure just at Liverpool and Inter. Uh, so like Becker had been bitten by the injury bug a little bit more, but you, you, you go from that kind of drop off to Adrian and, you know, what does Inter have in, in the, in the, in the pantry? I mean, you know, that's the other question is, you know, if, if punch goes down, there really, uh, there, there really has to be some discussion in, in, in the works of, of going, getting another four or five star goalkeeper come the end of the season to, can I, can I throw a name at you before we move on to see what your thoughts on? Um, obviously, you guys got Handanovic from Udinese years ago, uh, and he's turned out to be some stellar player for, for Inter over the years. Um, what if you guys went back to Udinese and grabbed a goalkeeper by the name of Juan Musso, someone that everyone is touting at the moment? He's playing you know, ridiculous for, for Udinese, and he has for years yeah, now. Yeah. Would, would you think he'd be a viable four-star, four five-star goalkeeper to be a backup maybe even serve as a buffon chesney duo that we saw you know, in the last couple of seasons for juve something like that sure i think that i think that that's where you would start is um and and, and kind of a, a, a kind of a timeshare uh yeah right, I, I right. think that's actually a really i think that's actually a really great uh way of going about it it also shows that you're not just throwing Handanovic out to like to, to the scrap heap that, you know, thanks for your right. service. You know, you want to, we want to squid that till you're out. Um, that's the feeling I, I, re, uh, my resentment towards, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jurgen uh, Klinsmann in the 06 World Cup, just throwing Oliver Kahn basically in the trash heap for Jens Lehmann, which I just, I will never forgive Klinsmann that bullshit. But, um, uh, you know, so. But I think that that's uh, I think that's a really great way to approach it is to bring someone on, uh, especially you know Udinese is, uh, is is another is another one of those clubs that uh, historically you know uh, my 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 friend Lasagna uh, Kevin Lasagna he he scored some goals against Inter in the past five years so that's you know a club like that that's sort of um, you know mid to lower table club that you, you you have someone that's highly that's performing at a high level and then bring that. In and then ease them into the situation, make it almost right. like a like a keeper in waiting type of scenario, uh, where the player who's currently in the role does not feel disrespected, and the player that's going to come into the role does not feel the pressure of immediately having to step into. Because Andanovic, we all agree on this: when he leaves, he will have big, massive shoes that have to be filled. 
hundred percent. Yeah. That's, you would like to have someone who's young and upcoming that doesn't have all of that pressure put on them as soon as they step in, because that, that we all know, um, uh, Loris Carey for Liverpool, you have that, you just, you just need, you just need one Real Madrid, one, one misstep and your, your, your career. I mean, I don't know if it'll ever be the same again. So you don't want something like, you don't want this kid come in in a derby against Juve or, or Milan and just, and just, you know, crap the bed and then his confidence is shot and it's, it's ruined. I mean, you want Handanovic to sort of slowly pass the torch, if you will. Excellent stuff. Um, Richard, do we want to have uh, just Critty plug away at uh, anything that he's up to at this point? Yeah. Yeah, Critty, the floor is yours. Uh, what do you want to plug away? Anything and any, anything and everything? Well, you know, uh, Richard, we did this last week on the other, the other, that other podcast, other loser team you represent. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I was being very polite tonight, and uh, oh, that's right, he's a, yeah, it's Critty, Critty's Inter and Borussia Dortmund. He couldn't be more opposite from Richard. He's my arch rival, right? Yeah, in many ways. <laughs> yeah, except the Braves. Except the Braves. That's right. Except right? the Braves. So, we do have the Braves. We do have the Braves. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just uh, I'm I'm slowly getting back into things. Uh, the pandemic and then having a daughter uh, during the pandemic has definitely taken a lot of time away from a lot of things. Um, but I'm at Critty Smith. That's Twitter. That's uh, I mean I'm I'm uh, I just uh, I'm trying to get past 2020 still, uh, like a lot of yeah. other people are, you know. And um, you know, it, fortunately, uh, myself and my family haven't fallen on hard times. That's that's a blessing. But of course, it's 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 been a, a very different year for me and for us and in terms of working from home and all this stuff. So I, I'm trying to, things are slowly starting to normalize now. And uh, I, uh, I definitely have knocked off the podcast for us. Thanks to Richard these last two weeks. And uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I have nothing to plug at the moment. The interlegend series is still on hold. I, one of these days I'm going to get back with Nima and uh, get that back up. But, uh, you know, if anybody wants to read the 18 articles that are already out there, it's all on, uh, um, uh, shoot, I can't even think of, it's been so long, I can't even think of his website right now. Um, <laughs> Semperinter.com? Semperinter.com. Yeah, Semperinter.com. Yeah, Jesus, I feel like a total ass. Um, yeah, Semperinter.com. <laughs> it, it leads off with the uh, with, with, uh, interlegend Luto Mateos and uh, goes uh through through the decades man we go all the way back to uh i, I go all the way back to grande with this stuff to, I, I i actually i go all the way back to giuseppe miazza i go back to yeah. uh the 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 man for whom the stadium is named after so um yeah that was and i believe that was the final article of the series if i'm not mistaken i kind of finished out with a bang um right right before uh all this stuff the, all this turmoil hit so uh but no um just really love being on with you guys it's been a pleasure as always and uh i think um, you know, I think was my third fourth cap on the show. Always, always a pleasure. Always a great time to talk out show with you guys. Critty Smith, everybody. Critty, yeah. we'll do it again soon. Much love to Absolutely. the family, buddy. We'll do. Thank you, guys. Uh, Y'all take care and uh, stay healthy out there. Okay. All right. Ciao. Take care, man. Moving on. Uh, that was Critty Smith. Uh, uh, Jerry. Jerry thinks he's a. Somebody at least thinks he's a legend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Uh, let's see. I am trying to share a screen here. 
Can I do that? Oh, it looks like Can it is. It up? No, there, there it is. There we are. Okay, so we have a city oscillate tomorrow on DraftKings. Um, and uh, now because there's a Premier League slate at the same time, uh, City is like going to be playing in the kiddie pool. Um, but there's a decent contest uh, for ten bucks. You can take a shot at winning a thousand. That's not too bad. We could yeah. all use an extra. Th- I, I, I don't know any. I don't know anybody who wouldn't turn down winning a, a thousand bucks or taking ten dollars. I could hire a contractor to finish my fence that I've never finished. There you go. There you go. So. Um, so we have uh, we have a six all six of the games that are on at two forty five p.m. Eastern. Uh, DraftKings isn't paying me to sponsor them. We just decided we're going to build a uh, we're going to build a lineup uh, on the city for the city oscillate cherry. So, um, by the way, your hockey recommendations were horrible the other day. The other day. So. <laughs> you trusted Jerry with your hockey picks. He's going to tell you all Oilers. Come on. Uh, yes, that's why they were horrible. Every time he tells me to pick Oilers, I just pick the other team. Because the Oilers don't play any defense anyway, so I'll just get sir. This is a Tim Hortons. Yeah, <laughs> sir. This is a Tim Hortons. <laughs> so, okay, so six game slate, and here are the games that are going to be uh, featured: um, uh, Caledi hosting Bologna, Atalanta okay. hosting Crotone, Fiorentina hosting Roma, uh, the Derby della Lanterna is in there, Genoa hosting Sampdoria, Milan is hosting Udinese, and then you have Benevento hosting Hellas Verona. So. Um, and let's start by looking at this just by team by team, and I'll go through and we'll look at Cagliari, and I just got it all in the utility, and Cagliari's at home against Bologna. They've obviously got some police as a manager. There's not yeah. a whole lot changing to you know, their lineup and their formation in a three-man defense. Um, but uh, the interesting thing here, uh, first of all, let's just – let me back out here and just back up here. You take a look like the top – three the three most expensive players are all in atalanta makes um, sense i mean considering their opponent i mean that yeah. is a no-brainer i think they're a minus 588 favorite at home against crotone they might score 588 goals against crotone right but watch if we do this if i put ilicic if i want to build a lineup and i play ilicic and i want to line up with ilicic and muriel i'm left with 4600 per player on <laughs> average for the last six spots so, I mean, and people are going to probably try to do this, you know, and let's just say if you want to try to throw in Gozens, all right? Now it's even worse. You're down to 4,100 a player, mm-hmm. all right? So, you know, you better hope these guys nail it. If, uh, you know, not to lot are going to go on. They're going to be Crotonian. They're going to score multiple goals. It's just so damn expensive to get to them. Um you know, people are going to try. People are going to try to jam in some guys and and so forth. But it's it's a real challenge. So the other thing that you have factored into this is that it's a midweek game for Atalanta, and it's Gasparini as manager, and there's five substitutions. And, and there they are play two managers. They play Inter yeah, next Monday, and they get Inter coming up on Monday. So it's the biggest pain in the ass. Is any slate that has Gasparini with Gasparini as manager or Pep Guardiola manager? So imagine last week on Champions League, they were both on the same slate. And you're just <laughs> ripping your hair out. Okay, I got to make sure I, which of these guys are going to play 90 minutes. So, and sometimes you just got to trust your gut and just go with guys. Right. All right. So, Atalanta is clearly the most expensive player on the board. But then when you look in some of these spots, Cagliari, the most expensive guy is Joel Pedro at 6,600 in a game at home against Bologna that I think they can win. 
he can score in that game for sure. Yeah, he can score in that game. Razvan Martin is going to take all of the uh, you know free kicks because the cross you know gets yep. some crosses in and things like that. And he's sixty three hundred, you know, so he's at a good price. Another guy I like from this team, and I'll go all the way down. It's going to be a big. It's going to be a nice little value. Uh, Quadwa Asamoah uh, at thirty three hundred yeah. should start at left wing back with Lego Johnny suspended. So, um, silly red card today. Yeah, so, silly red card at the weekend. So Quadwasima will get the start. He's thirty three hundred. You know, you presume that he's probably going to play all ninety minutes too. So, um, you know, so that's not bad. You look at the Bologna side, and I just, I think these guys are too expensive for what they're getting into. I know that they've been playing a lot better, but I don't know if uh, this isn't the slight to pay eighty six hundred for Nicolas Sansone. It might be the slight to pay eighty three hundred for Musa Bero, and that's about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, that's, you know, that's about it. So I don't know if I've got any interest. Let's come back to these Atalanta guys and look at it. I mean, the two wingbacks goes in 7,100 male of 5,800. It's just, Mm -hmm. you can't, it's so hard to do. I mean, you're probably doing something. If you want to stack Atalanta, it's maybe Muriel and Piscina as a cheaper attachment because he's 5,200. So if guys are going to have like multiple Atalanta guys, my guess is that Piscina is going to be among them. Yeah, Mielo so, might be a good pick because I mean he's at least for affordable at fifty eight hundred as opposed to Gosens who at seventy one hundred. You know, and he's been coming on and he's a guy. I mean, most people yeah. know Gosens and they're going to click on him. Uh, most people don't know Mela yet, uh, so so we'll have to see. I mean, Crotone, if you're ambitious, they're cheap. Um, if you think one of these guys are going to steal a goal, um, you know, fifty seven hundred for Messias. Uh, Vulich would have been amazing at 4,000 because he takes all of their set pieces. That would have been a, yeah. just a bargain to play. Um, so you have to think that maybe Unas gets gets some of those at, at 5,000. Um, I mean, a real that nobody's going to have, a guy that nobody's going to have. And he's is, the one player who's been playing well, I think. Him and, Me- and Junior Messias, they've been playing well. So, I mean, that, that might be a way to go is, you know, uh, take someone like Unas, who may, you know, if, his, if something's going to happen, he's going to be the one to conjure it. So, I mean, you go all the way down to Golomich at twenty five hundred. If you think somehow Atalanta commit a penalty in this game, so um, I'm not going to do it. But they're not in the Milan match, so no, they're not playing Milan. <laughs> and no, and Golomich doesn't play for Milan. I so, know that's true. <laughs> uh, so uh, Fiorentina and Roma, for some reason, they make Vlaovic eighty nine hundred, and no thanks. Yeah, um, I like him, but not at eighty nine hundred. Yeah, Buragi will do a ton of crossing for Fiorentina at seventy five hundred as a defender, and I don't mind that. Um, Castrovilli at thirty nine hundred. It's not a guy that I'm going to go and seek out, but if I've got thirty nine hundred left, and he's he, you know he's not the worst worst guy in the world to land on, he gets into the he finds himself into the penalty area uh, and gets some chances to get off some shots and things like that. Ribery at seventy five hundred. I would rather go to these Roma guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, at at their prices than go to Ribery at seventy five hundred. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do this because we talked about this last time when we had to build the team um, for a Serie A slate, and uh, Henrik it was Roma was against Crotone, and we thought it was a game environment where Roma were going to hit on the counter. Well, they're at Fiorentina. We think Fiorentina will have a little bit of the ball more. What's Roma good at doing? Counterattacking. Yes, that's where they get their goals, and who's usually at the center of that? This guy. So, yep, I think he's in. 
Mikatarian at that's a no brainer there seventy four hundred, and I say we go ahead and pair him with Myrell, who's going to be the starting striker with Aiden Jekyll out. Yep, like um, it. at seventy three hundred. So we've got two guys that are going to be in a position to create some chances and do some damage. So I like that a lot. Um, you go to Genoa. Um, they're not going to see the ball a heck of a lot, but there's a lot of bargains in here. Uh, Shamuradov, 5,000. Destro, 50. I just won't play Destro on principle. Um, <laughs> we, you guys know my feelings about him. Yeah. Um, Eldor has been playing really well lately. I mean, if he's going to get an opportunity, that may, may be a game he does. It's a derby. It's a huge game. Um, so, yeah, that might be $5,000. That's not terrible. Yeah, not terrible. And if, if you think Genoa are going to get a goal, he's a candidate to get one. Skamaka, 5,700. So the forwards aren't too bad. Zappacosta at 4,400. I'd, I'd rather do uh, Asimov for 33. Um, so the Sampdoria side, it's worth noting Kondreva. He's really expensive. He's 9,100, but he's going to cross the ball and shoot the ball a ton in this game. And if you're playing contests like double-ups, or 50-50s where you're just trying to beat half the field to double your money, um, then Kondreva's a guy that I would play. Um, Has Kondreva ever been valued this high before? I don't think so. <laughs> Not when he was Inter. I've seen him I've seen him in this price range with Inter uh, on some interleague slates. Um, you know, so it's it's not out of the question. It's usually was against an inferior team. Um, but you know, I've I've seen it. Um okay. I mean, if it was if he was in the seven thousands, he would be a he, I would be locking him into this team. But gotcha. it's just not what I'm going to do. Okay, you got Milan hosting Udinese, and you look at this: Ibrahimovic is out, Rebic is questionable, probably going to play based on the based on the remarks from Pioli uh, in his press conference today. Chalhanolu out. Uh, so your most expensive guy after Ante Rebic is Teo Hernandez at sixty five hundred. Okay. Um, and we know what he does. Milan are going to have to get goals and they're going to have to create somehow. And I think they'll beat Udinese. And if they do, it's probably because he's going to be part of it. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I, I think so. So we'll lock him in. Uh, the one guy that I do want to direct everybody's attention to that you probably should have Sandro Tonali is 3,400. Um, and if he starts, he will be the guy taking the corner kicks and a lot of the dead ball stuff where he's going to be accumulating some crosses. And for 3,400, it is going to take next to nothing for him to be able to hit a reasonable point total for what he costs. Right. So um, so I'm going to dial him in. And I think that's as much as I want to do on Milan. After that, it's a crapshoot. I mean, we, can, we, we might be able to go all the way up to Rebic at 9,000 to finish this off if he plays. Leo's really cheap at six thousand, but strikers against Udinese, it's it's kind of weird. Um, and he's going to be in a striker role. He's going to get eaten up by some of those by some of those three defenders. Salamakers is forty three hundred. It's worth noting his existence, but he's been so bad. Um, it's it's hard to push that button. Another defender that you probably might want to Calabria is going to get forward a lot and generate mm -hmm. some stuff. And he's fifty four hundred. So if you can't get up to Hernandez, you can get down to Calabria, and that's how much is uh, Spinazzola for Roma? He's in the five thousands, I think. We'll come back mm -hmm. to him. Let's come back to him. Uh, all right, fifty three hundred. Okay, I mean we'll 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 think about it. Um, I might still like Asamoah at thirty three. Yeah. So, um, but we'll we'll see. 
Udinese, um, well, those are the defenders. Rodrigo de Paul, 50-50s, double-ups, great. Uh, not, I don't know if I go after him uh, at 9,200 against Milan, um, you know, in tournaments. But he'll take all of their free kicks. Um, he'll shoot. He'll cross. He'll generate He'll generate a he'll he'll generate a safe amount of points. Um, this guy's interesting if you're a believer in revenge. Uh, <laughs> they love doing revenge narratives when you play NBA daily fantasy. Um, but De Lufeo coming back and possibly starting against his old team. They he's in the team. He's listed as questionable right now. Um, so we'll see what happens. But that's another player that you could, you know, I don't. I don't hate taking a flyer on. So Benevent and then Benevento hosting Verona. Um, I Caprari is another good double up 50, 50 play. Uh, Cause he does a ton of crossing, does a ton of shooting. Viola Viola is a guy who's come on for him at 6,000. I, I, I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, let me just see the other notes that I wrote here uh, on some guys. Uh, another bargain guy at defender. Uh, Fabio De Pauli is twenty five hundred. Is twenty five hundred starting at right back? Potentially starting at right back. Um, A guy that certainly will come forward and do some crossing. Um, You know, whatever he doesn't do in crossing, he'll accumulate in. um, You know, in 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 other things. Then, but it's a buyer beware because he's crap. I mean, he's, he's 2,500 for a reason. The most, he's most fantasy points he's scored in a game is five points. So, which is okay for a guy that's 2,500, but if you're trying to win a thousand bucks, you're going to need more than that. So, but worth mentioning the Verona guys, the defenders are all really cheap and that's because DeMarco and uh, Ferraone were put in the midfield and DeMarco's 80, DeMarco's 8,300. Um, I like Zakanye at 78. Um, but if you really want to get frisky here, could we push this button, Richard? That's better the than man, death throw. The man is shooting. Yeah. He's and due for a goal. He's shooting. I think we do it. Do it. Benevento concedes. Verona's on a good run. I don't want to put him in utility. I want to put him at forward. Okay. So I have put together enough of a bargain bin group without having to get to any Atalanta players yet. Good. So without having to force any Atalanta in. So I've got Mayoral and Mkhitaryan. I've got Tonali and Teo. I've got Lasagna. Um, So if I'm going to fit, let's try to fit uh, Muriel just for the goal upside, right? Yeah. Muriel or Ilicic? Oh, Muriel. Let's go with Muriel. So I get Muriel there. Now I can do the bargain on Asamoa. And then that gives me any goalkeeper I want. So I can play Sports Yellow at 5,900. I could play Donnarumma at 55. You know, cannot will Atalanta keep a clean sheet against Crotone is the question. Because at 5,900, you're hoping you you need the win and you need the clean sheet. You need the 10 points there and then whatever saves he gets for him to get to that value. Yeah, yeah. So. um, Probably a good shot too against Crotone, so. Yep. So do you want to do that? 
Yeah, why not? All right. Live dangerous. So we'll live dangerous here. All right. Other goalkeepers that I other goalkeepers that I like. Let me just get out of sports yellow. Um I really I I like Cranio a lot at 49. Yeah. Um at home against Bologna. Um, I always like home goalkeepers that are in the 4,000. So Cranio qualifies. Uh, Pettin qualifies at 4,600 against Sampdoria. They're going to shoot on him a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, you're when you play those guys, you're not you're you're risking giving up wins. You're possibly giving risking giving up shutouts, but you'll make up for it in getting a boatload of saves. Montipo and Dragovsky are in that list too. I'm not as high on those guys. Um, and you got Musso here at 4,200. If you really if you think Milan win one nil and Musso has to make seven saves, that's not a bad way to go. All right. So, but let's put Sportiello in here. So here's the uh, Serie A sit down lineup for tomorrow. Subject to change because lineups come out an hour before kickoff. Um, but we are going to play Borja Mayoral of Roma, Kevin Lasagna of Verona, Henrik Mkhitaryan of Roma, Sandro Tonali of Milan, Teo Hernandez of Milan, Quadro of Cagliari, uh, Sportiello of Atalanta in goal, and then Muriel in our utility at 11,000. So, there you have it. We can't get we can't get a big stack of Atalanta, but I like this. I like this build. Yeah, no, no, I do too. That, that, sh- that sounds like a winning combination there with those guys, and I think, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, uh, hopefully winning win us some money. Maybe give us a cut of that thousand dollars you make. Yeah, if I if I I'll, I'll send I'll send a few bucks your way. We <laughs> okay. can probably you know what we can do is we can maybe order maybe some uh, fat cow or whatever it's called. Send uh, uh, spotted cow. Spotted cow. Spotted spotted cow. Dead cow. It's all the same. Could ship you some spotted cow. <laughs> we could maybe put in an order with uh, our friends at Hardcore Italians too. So yeah, there you uh, go. These I haven't washed this shirt yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, but you know, hopefully that was helpful for anybody that's going to play the city. I slate, I, I threw in some other names that you could probably take some interest in. Um, you, you know, Joao Pedro at 6,600 and Rosman Marnie at 6,300 for Calgary. I like a lot, uh, yeah. against Bologna. Um, the Atalanta guys are all great. It's just hard to stack them because they're so expensive. I love Roma again. Um, looking at them at a, as a bounce back, uh, the environment against Fiorentina. I like that a lot. Um, Kandreva is a safe play um, that you can that you can get to. Um, Caprari I like at seventy two hundred, and then the Milan guys are all really cheap. Um, you could mix and match a lot of those guys too. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, so uh, so good luck if you are playing, and hopefully I uh, helped you. And if uh, you win a lot of money thanks to my advice, uh, you know, uh, hit me up at FTC under score twenty one, and I'll give you my PayPal for a cut. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. All right. Now let's move on to the uh, world's most famous hashtag game. It's time for Who Won Calcio Twitter. Boom. There it is. Do we have theme music for this yet? On the podcast, we do, not on, on the live stream. Yet. Oh, we we'll do. Yeah. Benny Hill, man. Come on. Oh, you got Benny Hill? I do. Nice. I didn't know this. I just see I do this. I do this with the YouTube and I don't even, you I know, do all this work with the podcast. And you don't even listen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I don't want to because if I start, you know, because I want to make sure that our listens are true and sure. that I'm not inflating them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, Fair so I, yeah. So 
it's 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 what it is so i'll have to i'll have to go into that all right so uh, why don't you kick us off i'll kick us off uh thank you to giovanni milano for notifying about this this comes from uh danielle ahmad it's at d-a-n-y-y-a-a-a-l uh and so the tweet original tweet came from sempre milan and it's a picture it says uh level at the break as kessie's penalty is canceled out would you make any changes at halftime? So Daniel chimes in and says, yeah, the channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was an eyeball-eating game uh, yes. to watch. Yes. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, next one uh, comes from at Rossoneri blog. Uh, Europa League round of 16 draw. Milan v. Man United. Loser keeps Dallow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a good kind one. of the uh, loser keeps Bieber. Uh, yeah, what was that from? Was that a, the Olympic hockey? I think so. I don't remember which one it was. That's that's a good one. I'm okay. not sure. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, this one was uh, who won Couch Twitter nominees. So you can't see the video because it's been disabled. But um, it's uh, Wesley Victor Mark. It's a picture of Bernadeschi tripping over the uh, the corner flag by himself. Uh, and so he he wrote that as who on culture Twitter nominee. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Martino Puccio uh, checks in with a nomination. I need you to end their dynasty and then you can have the Primavera job. Maldini, maybe uh, to Pirlo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. All right. All right. So Abdul Rahman says uh, our list of substitutes for Juve Verona, Buffon, and his grandchildren. <laughs> I've never heard of him. These guys are all <laughs> a lot of grandchildren. Buffon and his grandchildren. Oh, uh, that's good. oh gosh, that's good. Oh uh, my goodness. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then he comes back with another one. Um, just noticed there's a club in the Bundesliga with Buffon on their crest. Didn't realize how popular he <laughs> was in Germany until he saw FC Cologne's badge. FC Cologne. Oh, that's funny. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, next one comes. In, so thanks to Ricky Buzz for chiming us into this one. This comes from Hash. It's at Hash Hashim0307. He goes, uh, any of you Premier League fans out there want to see great football and don't have to worry about boring 0-0 matches and bad VAR decisions? Come to Syria. That's not a funny. It's a fact. It's a fact. So that should win Facts. on there alone. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Uh, our friend at Roma, Roma, Roma 17, Deviant Jello Rossi, uh, laughing at uh, Matteo Bonetti uh, at Bonetti ESPN. Why do you want Fazio sent off? Milan's <laughs> chances are better with him on the pitch. They yeah. really are. They are. They are. Everybody's chances are better. <laughs> Uh, next one comes in from Art Morelli. Uh, he says, uh, Bastoni, De Vrij, and Skriniar are a million times greater than Mancini, Cristante, and Fazio. Uh, there aren't enough greater signs than uh, to sufficiently make this point. <laughs> that is true. This was that after is I... Uh... This is where I was at after I was wondering where Rebic was in the derby. It, oh, you right, know, right. I, the, the Rebic that we saw against Roma was miles ahead. That's... Uh... That's for sure. Boy, uh, Abdul likes to nominate himself, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, Take a page out of you. (laughs) Yep. All or nothing Juventus episode one should be filmed in the shitter. (laughs) Uh, Marata has an intestinal disorder, according to Peratici. Intestinal problems for Arthur. Intestinal problems for Fagioli. He didn't train today. He will be checked in tomorrow. (laughs) You're going to... 
<laughs> Welcome to uh, All or Nothing Juventus. Shitter's full. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of funny, uh, so the original tweet came from Football Italia. says, Juventus announced a member of their team group tested positive for COVID, but clarified he is not a footballer. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Danny Blanco from the Bronx says Bernadeschi. <laughs> That's at dishwashing Dan. That's good. That is good. That's gonna be tough to beat. <laughs> uh, I think that wins. Yeah, the other one. It's in the same vibe. Uh, the next one comes from the next response from from Interista. He goes, "I hope Orsato is okay." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's well, we good. gotta just pick which one wins, right? Yeah, you both win, right? Just right now, stop the game. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh that is good. My, oh my! Oh, that is good. Oh, this is <laughs> Interplayers finally being paid after months of volunteering. <laughs> they all go shopping. <laughs> it actually looks like they're players who haven't eaten in a while. <laughs> of course. Like of course, our friend at Forza Inter Haiti would put up on this picture. Fuck y'all happy about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. All right. <laughs> Jerry getting in the game. Uh, today was Patrick's best game all season. Flawless versus Torino. <laughs> he really was. He really was. He, he was. Nothing got past him. He was. Uncle Charma chimed in with a uh, great performance by Marici as well. He proved me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. So uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, my. All right. So we've got a pick. Uh, I think (laughs) we've got... I think we've got them as co-winners, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, at Dishwashing Dan. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's funny shit right there. Unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, man. Congrats. Congrats (laughs) at... What's it? Dishwashing... Dan, right? Dan, yeah, yeah, Ricky. I agree about your uh, comment about the the come to Syria tweet. That, that that's a great tweet. I think if it wasn't for that Bernadeschi comment, Bernadeschi. You know, that probably would have won for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To look at it. Oh my gosh, that's good. That's good. And of course, he played really well today. Uh, Bernadeschi did. He, had, he, he did. did a lot of passes. So yeah, he did. He fired up by that comment. I guess that's probably what it was. He saw this. He saw this tweet, and maybe he nominated himself. Who knows? It could have been it. It could have been it. Uh, all right. So I'm just congratulating our winners. Uh, oh man, I'm in tears. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. That I mean, it hits you. The, the, it's one of those that just it 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 it's subtle, but it hits you, right? It's so true. So, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> is it I N T E R I S T A A? Right. I think so. Yes. Is that what you got? Yeah. Because it's not popping up. Oh well, yes. Yeah, yeah, enter. I have two A's, two A's at the end. Uh, you are co-winner. All right. Of hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. So Interista and Dishwash and Dan, congratulations on winning Calcio Twitter this week. Um, well played to both of you. Uh, again, uh, if you have a funny Calcio tweet uh, that you want to uh, send to our attention, the best way to do it is to hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. Um, and then we will get it and we will 
either retweet it. We'll we, we'll put it up. We'll put it, we'll we'll put it on the board. Is is basically what we say. Uh, you know, when it comes to things like that. Once again, please be tasteful. Um, I yeah, I don't mind digs at fan bases or players or that or that, but anything that's going to be seen as offensive um or anything like that is just not going to qualify yeah like the uh, cocaine with maradona right after he died it was not that was a little that was there. too <laughs> soon and yeah, not appropriate so, to begin with so yes. you know uh so just keep it just keep it clean um and uh you know keep it in good fun uh it's a good you know good natured good natured ribbing between the fan bases but we get some gems and uh we have a good time with it so and i still think that, the best one, I, th- I still think the best ones are when uh the fan bases take a jab at their own selves i think those hmm. are the funniest ones you know self-deprecation is very yes. funny Absolutely. very funny i get humor out of that so and with that we're going to put a bow on this edition of city sit down shameless plug time richard uh, I just want to uh, give a shout out to Curtis Smith. Make sure you give him a follow at Curtis Smith. Uh, definitely a good follow there. And uh, yeah, I mean, no real plugs at this moment. Uh, work is finally slowing down, so I'll get back to the videos. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, let's tune into some calcio this week. Uh, a lot of games midweek, and then uh, the game at the weekend. So big games. Yeah, plenty to plenty to commands every plenty to command everybody's attention. Yeah, I am at there's my finger FTC underscore twenty one on Twitter. Uh, so, uh, please, uh, you're welcome to give me a follow there. Um, lots of Kelcho talk, lots of Kelcho takes there, lots of, you know, daily fantasy takes. You'll probably uh, catch me tilting about our, uh, Serie A sit down DraftKings lineup tomorrow, um, in some shape, form or fashion. But anyway, you like, you like my Italian theme background here? I got yeah. a flat color behind me. Look at that. You, well, you've had that for a while. You're finally calling attention to it. Uh, you know, it takes me a while. I'm slow. I'm slow. <laughs> I'm slow. <laughs> Maybe you just noticed it tonight. I did just <laughs> notice. Oh yeah, look at that. Where did that come from? <laughs> oh my. Um, yeah, so you can find me at FTC underscore twenty one uh, and um, said yeah, sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There's said yeah, sit down. Uh, at Syria Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram with any comments or questions on future podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, here on the YouTube channel, if you are joining us for the first time, please subscribe uh, and please drop a like. It means a lot to us. Um, and uh, this way, uh, the subscription will uh, give you a heads up when we go live again. Um, or if uh, we have dropped special videos, which Richard's been known to do from time to time. Um, and uh, you'll be uh, up to date on everything going on in City Eyes as much as we can give to you. So, uh, chat, uh, enjoyed the banter, enjoyed the comments uh, and questions. Uh, thanks as always. You guys came up big. Absolutely. Um, also, to Critty uh, Smith as well, I want to echo Richard's comments there. Critty, thanks for jumping on uh, and giving us a little time talking about Inter. And, uh, you know, good luck uh, to your teams if you're playing tomorrow. Um, or uh, th- in, in this case, Thursday with Inter and Parma. Uh, should be some uh, some good calcio here at midweek before we get revved up for the weekend and then back over to Europe. So Richard and I will be back around this time next Tuesday. Absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. So we will uh, catch you at that time. Until then, for Richard, I'm Frank. And as always, please keep telling your paisans about us. Ciao. One, two, make it big.